1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. May be seated. And as you're being seated, if you would, turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10. The end of last year, the Lord put it on my father's heart to do a series on Sunday mornings dealing with finances in 2020. And of course, when the Lord put that on my father's heart, my father did not know all that would happen in 2020, but that is the goodness and the blessing of the Lord to prepare us and to enable us to walk through it. And we're so thankful, and as we've been saying, all the praise goes to our wonderful Heavenly Father. In the midst of all this craziness this year, we have walked in the blessing of God every step of the way. Every need has been met, every bill has been paid, the church, the school, we've ended every month in the black, amen. And my father said at 9 a.m. this morning that this year is going to be the biggest year in the history of the church, and uh, now it's mathematical certainty on Sunday, December 6th, phase one, the property, the building, the land, it'll all be paid off. Amen. And praise God. Hallelujah. And that would be a miracle in any year, but it's a quadruple extra special miracle in 2020. Amen. And so God's word works. It works at all times and it works in every year, including in 2020. Our launching scriptures have been Matthew 6 and verse 21 where Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And we dealt with that last Sunday. Then Matthew 6 and verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Say righteousness. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now last Sunday we were in Luke chapter 16, and we saw in Luke 16 how Jesus said, that a man or woman cannot serve both God and mammon, which is the world's system of finances. And one of the things that has gone on in our nation, and it has been so detrimental, is God's people, and I'm not saying you, but I'm saying in general out there, God's people have not had ears to hear what the Word says when it comes to finances. And so instead of working God's plan, 
that they've not done that, and they have indebted themselves and bound themselves up in the world's system. And this is a big issue. And so instead of hearing and obeying and working God's plan, they've, they've tied themselves up in the world system, which is mammon. And then because they're not walking the blessing of the Lord, they need help, they need assistance, they need a bailout, whatever it is, they look to that unrighteous system for help. And in trying to get help and trying to get a handout, trying to get assistance, whatever it is, they'll go along with evil, wicked, unrighteous things. And if they think it'll help them, they think they'll get something extra, they'll even vote for evil, wicked, unrighteous things. And you cannot do that and walk in the blessing of God. Matthew 6, Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So if you were to say, oh, Austin, I want to figure you out. Are you, are you one of those old-fashioned guys that really believes in living the Christian life? The answer is yes. Are you one of those old-fashioned guys that believes in truly walking with the Lord and living a life of righteousness and holiness and purity? The answer is yes, yes, yes. And if we're going to get our prayers answered, if we're going to walk in the blessing of the Lord, if we're, we sang about God's favor, if we're truly going to have God's favor, it is a total package deal. And I can't separate any part of my life, including my finances, from walking with the Lord. Now, today's message is entitled, The Power of a Seed Sown. And as we've been saying, in the midst of everything going on in this world in 2020, we are blessed by God. Amen? And if you think crazy things have gone on, probably there'll be something crazier in the news this week. Amen? In the midst of it all, we are blessed of the Lord. And part of God's favor, part of his blessing, part of his protection includes our finances. Now, is it only finances? No. But it is one part of his blessing and his favor. And between now and the end of this year, and these last two months, God wants to do many miracles in your life and in your family, and God wants to do many financial miracles in your life and in your family. But in our lives, to walk in the blessing of God, we've got to take action. We've got to do our part. And so the question is, what do we need to do to release our faith for financial provision? What do we need to do to release our faith for financial miracles between now and and the end of the year. We have a part to play. We have to take action. We've got to do our part. So have ears to hear today, and don't ignore this message. For us as God's children, this year is not the year of the coronavirus. This year is a year of God's good favor upon our lives. For the world, 2020 is a year of the curse. The curse, the curse, the curse. But for God's people who really walk with the Lord, and the verse I would give you is Malachi 3.18. You will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. And we're living in that distinction. We're living in that distinction. And as every day goes by, every week, every month goes by, we're living more and more in that distinction. I was commending you for being here. At some point, people have got to decide when they're going to be in the house of the Lord. See, are they going to wait till after Thanksgiving or after Christmas? Are they going to wait till politician A or politician B says it's okay? 
So we're saying what? The distinction of those who really serve God and those who do not. We're seeing that distinction. And this is part of how we walk in his blessing. And so for what has been a year of curse for the world, for us, it is a year of blessing. And while the world is going backwards, you can succeed and pull ahead. While the world is staying home in fear and not going to work, you know, some things can be done virtually, but not everything can be done virtually, amen? And so while the world is staying home, you can prosper, you can pull ahead, you can succeed. So don't be discouraged about what's going on. Have the attitude that this is your time, this is your season, this is your hour, amen? Have the attitude that we were all born for such a time and an hour and day as this. Now today we'll deal with New Testament principles, but we'll deal with it illustrated by a story from the Old Testament, a story of miraculous provision. And we'll see how we can release our faith for financial miracles. Now the Apostle Paul, he wrote in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 10, now God who supplies seed to the sower. Our Heavenly Father gives seed to who? So first off, if someone proves themselves to not be a sower, is God going to give them any more seed to sow? No, he, he's wise. He, he is infinitely smarter than we are. And so if he sees that if he gives someone seed to sow and they don't sow it, well, he's not going to give them any more seed to sow. He's going to tap someone else on the shoulder. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food and you get, we, we've got to get into faith and get completely out of fear. In the Gospels, when Jesus fed the large crowd, and every time he did it, there was more than enough to eat. After that, the disciples were crossing the lake, and they were worried about whether or not they had enough bread. Now, Jesus had just fed a large crowd. He had just multiplied the loaves and the fishes, but they were worried about whether or not they had enough bread. After Jesus took five loaves and two fish, fed a large crowd, they, they, they were so in unbelief and doubt, they thought they were going to go hungry. They thought they were going to go hungry hanging out with the Lord. See, we, we've got to increasingly renew our minds to the Word of God. And He gives us bread for food, amen, so we're not going to go hungry. Our children are not going to go hungry, Amen. You know, even if there's a run on toilet paper again or bread or whatever it is, we're going to have toilet paper. We're going to have bread, amen. You know, back in March and all that insanity, people were blessing us with toilet paper. If you had ever asked me, said, Austin, are you going to live long enough for people to bless you with toilet paper? I would have said, no way. We were getting blessed with toilet paper, amen, glory. God always takes care of his children. Bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. So our store of seed ought to be increasing over time. Our capacity to give, to be generous, to be a blessing ought to increase over time and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So notice it is righteous to prosper. And the purpose of our prosperity as we've learned is so we can be a blessing. You know, if our own needs aren't met, if we, we can't pay to feed ourselves, how can we be a blessing to anyone else? And that's why Satan, he wants the body of Christ deceived about this and to be in lack, to be in need, so we have no ability to be a blessing. So it is righteous to prosper. 
and God gives seed to the sower. So say this, say, I'm a sower. sower. And say, when the Lord gives me instructions, I obey. See, well, we ought to live that way, whether it's Sunday, whether it's Wednesday, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, throughout the week. We, we ought to live that way. We ought to be a blessing. And instead of trying to avoid opportunities to be a blessing, we ought to be looking for opportunities to be a blessing. So he gives us seed to sow, and he supplies, he increases our store of seed over time. And so in your life, you ought to have a store of seed. Now, I know the last few Sundays were a little quiet because I talked about and illustrated the messages by dealing with saving money. And I know that is not our favorite topic, amen? We want to hear, we're going to have a miracle by Thursday, and does God do miracles? Yes, amen. But as we hear the word, as we grow in the word, God expects us to grow up and mature and take action, and part of that action is having savings. And as pastor says, you just got to get started. Got to save something every seven days, even if it's just five dollars. You've got to give God something to bless. And notice we ought not just have a store of savings, we ought to have a store of seed. What's that? A store of things to give away and to be a blessing with. A store of money to give away and to be a blessing with. We showed a message by Fred Price from 1988, the last two Wednesday nights, and Fred and Betty Price have had for a long time what they call a JC account. And for decades, after the tithe, after other things, they have set aside a percentage of what crosses their hands to go into that JC account. And what's the JC account for? Well, it's the Jesus Christ account. It's the kingdom of God account. It's an account they have just to give money away with and to be a blessing with. And they called pastor Thursday evening, and they said that they were sending a donation to Faith Christian Center from that JC account. See, that's a real-life illustration of having a store of seed. But if you, ever, if you never open up the store, have you given God something to bless? If you don't get online, now you can do it all online, amen, from home. We have no excuses. Don't get online. Don't open up the account. Don't set up the storehouse account. You haven't given God something to bless. Now, how in our lives practically, practically speaking, how do we know if what we have received is the seed or the harvest. Well, if it's not enough to meet the need, it must be the seed. If money crosses my hands unexpectedly above and beyond, but if it's not enough to cover the need, whatever the need is, it must be the seed. And on any seed we plant, the harvest is always greater than the seed sown. God's system is amazing. Genesis 8 and verse 22 says, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest will never, never cease. A few weeks ago, Jessica was outside and she noticed in her raised garden beds, there were giant, giant sized watermelons, literally this big. And she didn't even plant watermelons this year. It was from seeds that were planted last year. And they were good, they were so big, I thought, well, that's unnatural, but it was all right. We're just so blessed, amen. And they they did taste really good. I was concerned at first, amen. Thought, I'm not trying that. But they were really good. Well, every seed produces after its own kind, and the seed may be small, but the harvest is always greater than the seed sown. And so if it's not enough to meet the need, it must be the seed. 
And in Jessica and I's lives, a point of faith for us, we have small children. They're getting bigger all the time. Their feet are getting bigger all the time. They're getting taller all the time. So they, they, we've got five kids. And so they, they need new clothes all the time. They need bigger clothes all the time. They need new shoes all the time. Amen. You get them new shoes, they go outside, and what do they do with those new shoes? They wear them. They don't look perfect anymore. And because they're here in the church's private school, they need school tuition. And so, of course, that is a need every year. That is a point of faith for us every year. And so one thing we do is we sow twice a month into the St. Paul Scholarship Fund, and we sow into that believing God for a harvest to cover their tuition every year. And as an example, this year, I think before we even got to September, their, their tuition was covered in full for 2020, 2021. Amen. So if it's not enough to meet the need, and the need could be this, if it's not enough to meet the need, then it must be the seed. And we sow the seed, and the harvest is always greater than the seed that has been sown. It's always greater. Now, as an illustration of this, let's go to 1 Kings 17. 1 Kings 17, beginning in verse 3. And the Lord spoke to Elijah, the prophet, and he said, Now leave here and turn eastward and hide in the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan. The Jordan was a river. You will drink from the brook, and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. Now, don't get weird. Tell, tell your neighbors, say, don't get weird. Well, why did the Lord have to do ravens? Well, there weren't that many willing people. And it's kind of sad when you think about it. Because if a man or woman had been willing to hide the prophet, to house the prophet, and to feed the prophet, none of that would have been necessary. But he was living in wicked days. But even in the midst of wicked days, when there weren't too many willing to say, Lord, yes, Lord, I'll be a blessing, God still took care of his man, and he ate. And it's amazing because you let thousands of years go by, Jesus feeds a large crowd, and the disciples are worried about what? Having bread to eat. So the Lord used ravens. They didn't have all the modern conveniences we have. We didn't have fast food, amen. No, we're, we're blessed here in the day and age we're living in, Amen. There wasn't Uber Eats. That wasn't an option to deliver food to the prophet. So the Lord used ravens. I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. So he did what the Lord had told him. So notice verse 5, he obeyed. Say, he obeyed. He obeyed. See, a lot of times the Lord tells us what to do and we're not willing to obey. He did what the Lord told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. Verse 6, the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. So he, he was fed, he was well fed, he was provided for, he was taken care of. So God commanded, Elijah obeyed, and God provided. And that's how it works. God commands, we obey, and God provides. But circumstances can change. And so God gave Elijah new instructions. And if you want to live a life of supernatural provision, and if you want to keep walking in supernatural provision, you've got to keep obeying day after day. You know, if your testimony was, man, I, I did a great job of serving the Lord in 2010, that is not going to cut it. We are to walk with him every day of our lives. And if you want to live a life of blessing and live a life of his supernatural provision, 
you got to keep obeying day after day. Last year's obedience won't cut it in difficult times. And you can't walk in provision this year based on last year's obedience. It won't work. Verse 7, so sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow and the place to supply you with food. Now notice God had already spoken to the widow. She had already told the widow in advance to supply Elijah with food. And the Lord would not have sent Elijah there if she had not been willing and obedient. Now, of course, if the news media today got a hold of this, Channel 5, Channel 8, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, the Dallas Morning News, their, their story would be the, the, the prophet takes the widow's last meal. But notice the Lord had already spoken to her to feed the prophet of God. And this is a great example of why we have to be as wise as serpents, as harmless as doves, amen. You can't believe everything you read. You know, one of the churches in California that has had the guts, the holy guts to have church in person and to ignore the governor and ignore L.A. County, they, they've had on average about 7,000 people gather every Sunday. Well, the L.A. Times, the wicked L.A. Times did a headline, I believe in the last week, you know, and the headline was outbreak. Sounds terrible, doesn't it? How many cases would you guess there were? Three. And I read the whole article, and the whole article never answered whether anyone actually ever had any symptoms. The whole article never actually answered whether anyone was sick, whether anyone actually had a runny nose or anything whether anyone had been hospitalized, but they called it an outbreak. See, that, that, there is nothing new under the sun. And so if the media got a hold of this in Elijah's day, they would have said, prophet takes widow's last meal. And they would have distorted it. And it would have been retweeted a million times. But notice the Lord had already spoken to her, I have commanded a widow in, the place, in that place to supply you with food. And in a time of famine, why did God use this woman in particular? Why did this woman in particular receive a miracle? Well, the answer is she was willing and obedient. And if you look over in your Bible at Luke chapter 4, in Luke 4, when Jesus preached in his hometown, he referred to this. Because in Elijah's, in Elijah's day, there, there were many widows in need. There were many hungry widows. But the Lord sent Elijah to a widow in Zarephath. And Jesus rehearsed this story in his hometown where they treated him without honor. And the attitude was, well, we grew up with you. We, we know you. We, we know your father. Who are you? And Jesus said only in a hometown, in his hometown, is a prophet without honor. And the gospels tell us that he could do no mighty miracles there except heal a few because of their unbelief. That's Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah in his hometown, but because of their unbelief. Luke 4, 23, Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we have heard you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, 
when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And again, why? Because the Lord, he, he wants everyone to walk in his blessing, to walk in his provision, but not everyone is willing to say yes. When the Lord asks, not everyone is willing to say yes. When the Lord commands, not everyone is willing to obey. And look at how this nice sermon by Jesus went over, verse 28. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him down the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Now, why were they so angry? Because he was pointing out in his hometown, in his home synagogue, that they didn't accept him for who he was. Therefore, he could not minister to them. They weren't going to get anything out of him or out of the service. And so he was saying, there, there's nothing new under the sun. And in Elijah's day, why did God send him to a non-Jewish widow? She was willing to say yes. She was willing to obey. She was willing to feed the man of God. Luke 17, verse 12. So Elijah went. He obeyed God. He was there in the town. The widow was gathering sticks. And he just asked her for a little water in a jar and a piece of bread. Verse 12. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. That was her vision for her life. And in these days, you got to elevate your vision. Amen? Don't be afraid. Don't, don't be fearful. And in the midst of all this craziness and bitterness and divisiveness, walk in love. Amen? Smile. Have the joy of the Lord and tell people about the peace and the love and all the wonderful things that we have in Christ Jesus. And because we're in Christ Jesus, we don't have to go to sleep at night worried or afraid, amen? He takes care of us. Elijah said, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. So no, he wasn't very sympathetic. He wasn't very empathetic. Okay, go home, do as you have said. A lot of people would be offended right there. But first, he said, but first. Say, say but first. But first, make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up. The jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. So she went away and did. Verse 15, she went away and did. Say this, say, she went and did. Say it again, say, she went and did. And this is our problem. A lot of times we don't want to go and do. We don't want to went and did. We, we want to keep praying about it. And the Lord will speak to us. No, no, no. That can't be the Lord. I don't want to do that. Well, we come and we hear about taking action. You know, we're believing for a financial miracle. And we come last Sunday and we hear about what? Saving money, glory to God. And so we keep praying about it. Maybe even we start fasting about it, amen, when all the time the answer has been the same, action, 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 she went and did. She went and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food. 
How many days? There was food every day. Say every day. Every day. See, that, that's the Lord. When there, there's not enough, that's Satan. When there's lack, when there's need, when there's not enough, that's the world, that's the government, that is Satan. But when there is food every day, that's the Lord. When there is supernatural provision, that's the Lord. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. So she not only fed herself, she fed the man of God and she fed her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. So she went away and did. That's the answer. She went and did. So if you want to walk in the provision of God, you got to keep obeying. Amen? Praise God for last year's testimonies. Praise God for last year's victories. Praise God that we obeyed God in the first six months of this year. Praise God for all of it, but we got to keep obeying. We got to keep listening. We got to keep obeying. We've got to keep taking action. New blessings require new obedience. So don't stop working God's plan and don't stop giving to keep receiving. For there to be a harvest coming in, we've got to keep sowing. We got to keep planting. And I've mentioned several times as an illustration, all the wonderful things that Jessica has planted, the harvest we've had, but what if she stopped planting? Well, eventually there would no longer be any harvest. And even though we could say, well, man, we got some watermelons this year and we didn't even plant the seed this year, so we're just going to not plant anything ever again. Well, at some point there's no more harvest. To keep receiving, we got to keep giving. The harvest to keep coming, we got to keep sowing, keep planning. Number one, when God asks, when he asks us to give out of our lives, it's only because he is preparing to give into our lives. When God moves upon your heart, when God gives you a homework assignment, when God asks you to do something to be a blessing to someone else, he's not trying to diminish you. He is preparing to bless you. He is setting you up for a blessing. He wants to bless you. He wants to increase you. And when he wants to do that, he will tell you to release or to give something, to give something away. Just, and I know when I mention this as an illustration, it's quiet. You drive down 287, you drive down 20. You know, a good business to be in apparently is the self-storage business. It is amazing how much stuff we Americans have. Why not give it away? Why not be a blessing with it? And I understand if you're moving, but even the last time Jessica and I moved, you know, she was, she was the one that, that said, you know, we ought to just give it all away. And as the husband, I just looked at her and probably looked like, you know, are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? But she should have said to me, like Jesus saying to the disciples, O ye of little faith. Well, we, we serve Jehovah Jireh. We serve El Shaddai. So you don't have to use something up till it's not usable anymore. Then spend all day on Saturday setting up outside your house to try and earn $25. That is not the blessing of the Lord. You, you ought to be able to give things away before they're used up. While somebody else can still wear them or use them or enjoy them or drive them, whatever it may be. Amen? We, we got to have a bigger perspective a bigger attitude. 
God will tell you to release or give something when he's wanting to bless you with something or to give something away. And just in the past month, my father and I, we, we went through our closets, we went through shirts, we went through suits, we went through shoes, we went through ties, and we, we sent box after box up to Tiff Shuttlesworth so those items could be used for young men from overseas that have come to North Point being trained for ministry. And you might say, well, Austin, you gave up some things. No, we, we sowed, so guess what we have a harvest of coming back? Clothes, shoes, shirts, ties. See, every seed produces after its own kind. And so you might say, Austin, you know, I, I want to eat better. I want there to be more. I want the quality to be better. And if the quality is better, it's more expensive. Well, bless another family with the meal. Bless another family with food. Bless somebody else's children. You want, you want clothes? You want clothes that are newer or nicer or better? Go through your closet and give things away before they're worn out, before they're used up, before the moths have eaten holes in them. Be a blessing. Every seed produces after its own kind, and every harvest is greater than the seed. And our Heavenly Father, by wanting us to live this way, He's not trying to hurt us. He's not trying to diminish us. The message is not do without. No, He wants to bless us. He wants to increase us. And He would never ask us to give without setting us up to receive. Our giving is His ticket to work in our lives. And our giving empowers and enables Him to bless us. Number two, God will never diminish your life. He will only add to or multiply your life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief, who's the thief? Satan. The thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Say more abundantly. And you might say, well, well what does that mean? It means more abundantly than right now. Amen. More abundantly. Wherever your every need is met, your every bill is paid, you can be a blessing and there's plenty left over. And you can be a blessing without worrying about can you be a blessing. Number three, if it doesn't meet the need, it must be the seed. And people sabotage themselves because they, they use the seed on themselves. See, that, that thing you don't want to give away, that's the seed. Give it away and let God multiply it. That, that money you don't want to obey God with, that's the seed. Give it, sow it, plant it, and let God multiply it. That, that area of your life that he has been dealing with you about obeying in, give it up, sow it, plant it, do what's right in that area of your life, and there will be a wonderful harvest. And they understood this in the ancient world because if you ate your seed and you didn't plant your seed and you didn't sow your seed, then there would be no harvest. And people, they, they don't plant, they don't sow, they don't give, and not just in finances, in other areas. They don't plant, they don't sow, they don't take action, and so they, they look around their life and there's no harvest. Well, they've been eating their seed. They've been consuming their seed. And if it's not enough to meet the need, it must be the seed. And God will supply seed to the sower. If you will prove yourself to be a sower, and not a hoarder. God will give you seed to sow. That's what Paul told us in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 10. He will supply seed to who? The sower, and he'll supply and increase your store of seed. 
About a month ago, one day, I was doing some different things on my laptop, making some uploads, adding some things to the church website, whatever it was. And I saw on Facebook, Tiff Shuttlesworth was on, so I clicked on that to hear what he was teaching on. But in the course of that, he mentioned that God had put it on his heart for money to be raised to cover students abroad to go to North Point. And he was asking for there to be so many partners that would give $1,000 before the end of the year. And so the Lord put that on my heart to be one of those. And so I told him, Jessica and I will send that before the end of this year. And we're already taking action on that. And as I said, for us, it's just seed for a harvest later. We, get, we had four, now we got five. And we, we got to cover that private school tuition, amen? But there's coming a day when they're going to need Bible school or higher education of some kind in a conservative place that hasn't lost its mind and wickedness. And things, Sophie's already 10 years old. So in eight years, seven years, eight years, whatever it costs now, it's going to cost more then. You might say, well, Austin, what if I, I vote for evil and wickedness so it's free? See, and that's the world system. God's system is I work his plan in my finances and I don't need some wicked man or wicked woman's help. I don't need some wicked government's help to cover it. I can cover it. And so, told the Lord, I'm going to sow this and I'm going to just believe that part of our harvest will be every need being met for our children 10 years, 15 years, 20 years down the road. See, if it's not enough to meet the need, it must be the seed. And God has promised to meet all our needs. Look at Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet how many of our needs? All. He will meet all of our needs according to whose riches? His riches. So if what we have doesn't meet our need, it's got to be the seed because our heavenly Father promised that he would meet our every need. So in your life, number four, yield what you have to God and he'll multiply it. In the Gospels, that young man brought his meal to Jesus and his mom had taken care of him. She had packed him a good meal. But he brought that meal to Jesus and Jesus multiplied that meal. He, he asked his heavenly father to bless it. And then he multiplied the loaves and the fishes. And the Bible says the crowd ate and they were satisfied. So he didn't take that, the, the loaves and the fishes and divide them up into little tiny pieces like samplers at Sam's. They would have had to be even smaller. He multiplied the loaves and the fishes and they ate and they were satisfied and there was plenty left over. See, that's God. That's the Lord. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider. He is El Shaddai, the almighty God, the all-sufficient God, the God of more than enough. He is not a God of division or subtraction. He is a God of multiplication. So yield what you have to God and he'll multiply. You got to give him something to work with and then believe God for a great harvest. Now look at Mark chapter 10. Mark 10 beginning in verse 28. Peter said to Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. And Peter and the others were worried. A young man had come to Jesus. A religious young man, but that doesn't mean you're saved. He came to Jesus and he said, Lord, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus said, you know the commandments? And he said, Jesus I have obeyed all the commandments since I was a young man, which is a lie. 
and Jesus, see if he could sit down with any of us, he could point out the one area of our lives in which we won't obey him. The one area of our lives in which we won't take action. And so Jesus told this young man, he said, young man, one thing you lack, and it was treasure in heaven. And he told him, go, sell all you have, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. Now, with what we know about Jesus and the stories in the Gospels, if that young man had obeyed, would he have gone hungry? Would he have starved? Well, would, would the outfit he had on worn out and that would have been the, the last outfit he ever had? Well, we know not because of what Jesus went on to say. Mark 10, verse 28, Peter said, Lord, we've left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel, verse 30, will fail to receive a hundred times as much. Say a hundred times. A hundred times as much. And then right here, religion says, yes, but that is for the sweet by and by. Look at verse 30 again with your eyeballs. That's why it's good to have your own Bible. Amen. Amen. We'll fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children. So maybe a family member has let you down. This is why when we come here to the house of God, it's family. And so maybe someone related to you lets you down. God, God will bring other people into your life to be a mother or a father or a brother or a sister. It's what the family of God is all about. But notice before he says brothers and sisters and mothers and children, he says homes. Now, is that singular or plural? That's plural. And then he says fields. Is that singular or plural? Plural. And with them? persecution. So friend, when we're walking in the blessing of God in the midst of all this craziness out there in the world, is there going to be some criticism? Is there going to be some envy? Is there going to be some people saying, well, what is wrong with you? Aren't you afraid? Aren't you going to live on lockdown? And with them, persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last First. Now the final point, point number four, bring it to God. Bring it to the house of God or bring it to the man of God or as Elijah said, bring it to me. Many people, they want a pastor to whine or cry or beg or a pastor or a church to be in need or in want. Some people have the, the wrong attitude and they'll only give to a needy situation. We know that we're to be a blessing to those in need. We know that we're to be a blessing to the poor. We just did that a few weeks ago when we had a massive outdoor outreach outside and we were a blessing to those in need. It's one thing to be a blessing to those in need, but God's house and God's men and God's women shouldn't be needy. So you're, you're never going to hear me say that we need you to do this or we, we need you to do that. And we need you to give $5, otherwise we're, we can't show the services online anymore. All of that is loser talk, unbelief talk, doubt talk, negativity talk. Unless you do this, unless you do that, unless you give this, we're not going to make it. No, our, our message is the opposite. In the midst of all this insanity in the world, every need is met, every bill is paid, and there is plenty left over. And we have no needs. Every need is met because the Apostle Paul wrote, he shall supply how many of our needs? All our needs 
So, there's no blessing in sowing into hard soil or rocky soil or thorny soil. There's no blessing in sowing into disobedient soil or unfruitful soil. And what Elijah said, it could be offensive, bring it to me. Verse 13 here in 1 Kings 17. Don't be afraid, go home, do as you said. But first, make a small cake of bread from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. And he was asking her to do what Matthew 6, 33 says. Seek first the kingdom or ourselves. The kingdom. Verse 14, for this is what the Lord says, the jar of flour will not be used up. The jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. So bring it to me first. I'm not going to come get it. Bring it to me. So he didn't beg. He didn't plead. He just told her what to do. And the answer was she went away and did. Verse 15, she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food. How many days? Every day. Every day, every day, every day, every need met, every bill paid, plenty left over. Every day, every day, every day, food to eat. And not just to where you eat and you're hungry and there's not enough left over, more than enough food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Now, how many times did she have to obey to have that miracle? How many times did she have to obey to receive that miracle that lasted not just for months, but for years? So why do we resist obeying? Why do we resist taking action? Why do we resist just doing one thing that could turn it all around? And the answer is fear. But the Bible says perfect love drives out all fear. So you got to know that our Heavenly Father loves us when he tells us to do something or to give something up or to take action in this area or in that area. He's not trying to hurt us. He's not trying to diminish us. He doesn't want us to do without. No, he's got something wonderful lined up for us. And we get it in our minds, I got I to gotta do 25 things 25 days in a row. You might just have to do the one thing tomorrow you've been putting off all year, all last year, and the year before. She obeyed, and she received a miracle that went on and on and on. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again, and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life. 
because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.